Alright guys, welcome to the first episode of the Psych Ward. Today we're going to be talking about sleep-related violence. And if the people who commit crimes while they're sleeping should be punished, and if so, how much? Alright, so I'm Kobe. I'm Ian. I'm Josh. I'm Siler. And we're the Psych Ward. So we'll get started. First question, Ian. What do you think about people who commit sleep-related violence crimes? Uh, well, I think that people who do commit sleep or sleep-related violent crimes should be punished for their crimes. Maybe not as severely as someone who's conscious while they commit a crime, but they should still be held accountable for their crimes. Josh, I believe that people should be charged and should have consequences for sleep-related violence crimes. All right, Tyler. I definitely believe, definitely believe that people that commit sleep-related violence crimes should not be charged for them if it's proven that they were actually asleep. And, yep. All right. <clears throat> Next question. Ian, so what would be the charge for someone who commits this type of crime? Well, uh, I'm no law expert here, but I would say that it would be something along the lines of involuntary manslaughter. Not as severely as most cases, or not as severely as most punishments are for someone who commits involuntary manslaughter, but it should still be something along those lines. All right, Josh, so what do you think? I'm going to have to agree with Ian on that, and I also feel as if they should have, like, mental health evaluation to, like, check. All right, Siler. Um, Here's another question. Why do you think someone should not be punished for committing a sleep-related violence crime? Well, I'm glad you bring that up because – the per- if, it's, if the person's been evaluated and that sleep disor- disorder is, has already occurred in them before, there's a lot of things that go into it, okay? They, it could be caused by stress, sleep loss, or childhood trauma. The, their body is, isn't actually being paralyzed, and <laughs> they, don't, they don't have... <laughs> this isn't a laughing matter. Um, sorry. They're in a different conscious state. Okay, then they would be if they're awake, obviously, because they're asleep. So it border, it borderline, it's a borderline question of can it be tried in the same case as someone who's insane? They're not fully in their conscious, and there's a paralysis of their will, also of their, the will of their body movement. Okay, the next question. Um, so to start, <clears throat> Ian, uh, say your brother was the sleepwalker who committed a murder and was in jail. You know that he's a good guy, uh, but would you still punish, uh, would you still push for his release or support him being punished even though he was a good guy and he did not know what he was doing? Uh, well, I think like any you know decent family member would do, I would obviously push for his release be, um, you know, because he's my brother. But at the same time, if I could not get his release or if I could not get him released or if his punishment was not, you know, reduced, I would understand it at the same time. All right. So on the other hand, Solard, if your brother was the one who was killed by Sleepwalker, would you want the perpetrator to be punished to the fullest extent of the law or be freed like you said previously? Um, I think before any decision could be made, it, the person should have, should be completely evaluated to see if this w- if they were provoked or if this kind of thing had happened before in them in the in the instance that saying that they were sleepwalking is abused 
that's totally that could totally happen, but it just depends on how they're evaluated. Um, act to, um, actually, the biggest cause of sleep later violence involves the person being provoked. Um, this could involve their confusion uh, in waking up or night terrors. People that are in proximity with them usually end up touching the person that's sleepwalking, and that was, results in them fighting back. All right, and Ian has some additional information to add from his source. Um, all right, well, first I'd like to start, or start off by saying, according to a law.jaring.org, which is a website, it's kind of like an, encycl an encyclopedia, involuntary manslaughter, as I kind of touched up on before, is defined as the unlawful killing of another human being without intent, which, um, you know, in this case, in the case of a sleep or a sleep-related violent crime would be considered criminal negligence manslaughter. And um, I know criminal neg negligence usually is considered as, you know, you're doing something, like you're neglecting that something that you're doing could harm somebody, such as your drunk driving. But it is known that while we sleep, our brains stay active, which is why we dream, flinch, talk in our sleep, and sometimes sleepwalk. Therefore, when a person does kill somebody in a sleepwalking state, the court should recognize that we should always acknowledge that our mind is active, which should lead to us being held accountable for any wrongdoing we con or commit while we are unconscious. All right, Josh. So as you previously mentioned, you think that someone that commits one of these crimes should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. With all this information, with you looking it up, have, has your opinion changed at all, even though, or now that you know that they did not have any recollection or control of what they were doing? My opinion still has not changed on the matter as if something were to happen to my family because of sleep-related violence, as if, if someone were to kill my mom, my father, brother, cousins, anything like that, I would still be pushing hard for that charge. Uh, to inter interject, what if the person was also a member of your family? Like Ian said, I would push to try and help them out, to get them out of that situation, but at the same time, something needs to be done about it. There needs to still be a charge to happen there, like a mental health evaluation needs to happen there. All right, Siler. Um So, as you, you mentioned, you don't think they should be punished. Um, <clears throat> This is a very big debate right now in the world. And so, would you talk, would you talk, would you like to talk about how you think they should be punished? Of course, of course. Not be punished. Posted on, in ResearchGate is the article um, claiming that it's a forensic challenge. It, it's stating, it's proving that the person is definitely in a different conscience state than they would be. So they really aren't able to make the same decisions they would. Okay. It can't, they're not, they didn't definitely know that they were trying to kill the person. Oh, okay, here, here in the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, um, it says that most, the, the high the def, like majority of these cases <laughs> involve the person being grabbed or held. Like it always occurs that they're being grabbed like grabbed or held onto when while they're while they're asleep, and it's usually a spouse that's in the same bed as them, so they're super close. If you're asleep, you can't tell who's around you unless the person physically touches you, so you can't really fight back. So it's basically always provoked, is what I have to say. All right, Ian, as you had more information to add, 
Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I definitely understand the points that Siler's making. I respect them very much, and in some ways, I would be convinced, or I could almost be convinced. But um, my thing about it is, if you consider someone sleepwalking, if you consider that to be somewhat of a mental illness, or if you argue that sleep violence is somewhat on the same level as insanity or mental illness, then you could set off a sort of slippery slope effect where any small abnormality in a person, something very minor, could be considered insanity, and it would just totally wreck our justice system. And, you know, when it comes to violent crimes, you want our justice system to do right. All right, Salar, your response to that. All right, so as I respect Ian's uh, research in this topic... (laughs) Okay, hey, hey. Posted in Psychology Today, um, under, under one of the causes was that the person's REM atonia isn't paralyzing isn't paralyzing their body. So while some of them may even be able to know what they're doing, they physically can't stop themselves. It's it's ultimately a question of um, what are the results of them being completely after they after they've been completely evaluated. All right, guys. Um, I think we're going to start to wrap it up. This was our first episode of the Psych Ward, and we're out.